Bird Satellite Studio, somewhere I've never recorded before. Ooh, okay. Jeez, flex yeah. on us. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. I've got three home studios. <laughs> uh, the first, the, my, my preferred one is... Uh, the closet, of course, and then Declan's room where he's napping right now. And um, so I have kicked our uh, daughter out of her room, and that's where I'm recording. How many radio stations today. are you syndicated in? I have three studios. That's right. I need three. <laughs> Do I sound any different? Uh, not, not now. I, I think you're. I think you're good. Okay, so we better get going because we're on a uh, truncated time schedule, huh? Yeah. All right. Oh, I guess I should ask it. Uh, should we just get going? Yeah, I think we should just get going. <laughs> oh. All right, welcome to No Hugging, No Learning. It's a show about one thing, watching Seinfeld for the first time. I'm Tim Murphy. And I'm Ted Hollowell. And today we will be talking about Season 6, Episode 17, The Doorman. But before that, we did have some homework and trivia and other stuff uh, to get to from the previous episode, which was the Kiss Hello. Uh, the main bit of homework that we had was we wanted to know what the Chiropodist was. How did, and the first thing I'd like to know, Ted, is how did you spell chiropodist when you wrote down chiropodist i'm guessing did you go by the um captions and they had it correctly you're giving me way too much credit i didn't even write it down oh <laughs> okay but but you were watching were you watching with the credits last week yeah. do you remember yeah and i i just skipped over i'm like okay. i'm not even gonna attempt because <laughs> i spelled it s-h-e-r-o-p-i-t-i-s-t I'm, and that's I'm, how I searched for it as well. And I'm, I'm guessing that's wrong. I'm guessing it starts with a C. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. <laughs> what would make you? What would make you think that? Because I have no idea. Uh, just because I don't know of like any uh, any doctor that starts with an S. Oh well, now there's got to be something. I, there's there's got to um, be something. Yeah. <laughs> Can you think of it? I feel it, like though? we've we've hit on like. Not right now, but um, I feel like we've hit on like the impossible categories category. <laughs> Doctors that start uh, with medical S. professions that start with S. <laughs> now that we're now that we're under pressure, we're, we're never going to think of it. I know it'll be it'll come like in the middle of this of talking about this episode. I'll just shout a medical you know a, area of study that starts with an S. I can't wait! I can't wait because um, uh, right now I'm like shin uh, shin. Doctor, <laughs> shin doctor. You know, yes. When you see just for your shin, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Anything ankle or knee, I, he has no idea. That, but shin, he's that, got. That makes me wonder, like, what else? What else is like shin grouped with? Because you know, like ear, nose, and throat is grouped together. It's got to be like yep. shin, <laughs> left butt cheek, and earlobe. <laughs> yeah, those three. <laughs> And I'm sure whatever that area of study is does start with an S. <laughs> but it is C-H-I-R-O-P-O-D-I-S-T. And it is a specialist in care. For, we were close with Shin. Uh, care for the feet. A foot doctor. In other Ooh. words, a podiatrist. Okay. And so you you might wonder, as I Googled, what's the difference between a chiropodist and a podiatrist? Mm -hmm. There's absolutely no difference. Oh, really? Podiatrist is just... <laughs> Yeah, podiatrist is just the common term for it because that's what they started calling chiropody in 1993, which seems pretty late. But chiropodist yeah, wow. and podiatrist have the exact same qualification and experience, and we just now call them podiatrists. But they used to be called chiropodists. And so George was even like two years late still calling it a chiropodist. It's, it's just easier to say than chiropodist. Yeah, and, and it makes more sense because like, 
what because i understand pod like you see that in there you know like oh like um a quadruped is something with with four feet or legs or whatever and and so ped and pod you see like the root word in there but shirop shir- <laughs> sh- what, what what is that what root word is that <laughs> i don't see that anywhere else in nature you know yeah yeah <laughs> so um and both can help you with minor or more severe foot issues but i love what this article like it took a hard such a hard line it was like you know chiropodist podiatrist they have the same qualifications they could both help you with minor and severe foot issues they are not doctors though like it was a it, it took a turn in the middle of this article i felt <laughs> i know it was like don't you dare let them tell you they have an md or a phd <laughs> or anything of that they are not doctors i'm like oh my gosh what do you have Good against lord podiatrists yeah. okay that, that makes me wonder <laughs> i think are, one like are, are chiropractors doctors like are, are you able to practice i don't, th- I don't uh, think so ch- chiro chiropractology uh chiropracty chiropathy uh without an md i believe so okay i I know i know i I think this article mentioned that i know chiropractors that are doctors and like they went back for their doctorate uh apparently but okay okay i didn't know if you needed like uh, an md or a do to to be a chiropractor or not (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. I don't think so. And I think this article specifically mentioned that, but I didn't copy and paste that part of the article. I just like the part where it's <laughs> like they're not. I feel like this person, the person who wrote the article, like got hit on by a Doctor Nick type sometime in the back. Like, yeah, baby, I'm a doctor. I'm a podiatrist. Come on, <laughs> like, ooh, <laughs> I can write a prescription for anything. <laughs> like they, they they dated a podiatrist, or no, they dated a chiropodist. <laughs> And they yeah. and they just this is their revenge. They are not doctors. <laughs> yeah. I will let the world know <laughs> they are disappointments to their parents. Good lord! <laughs> uh, but as far as trivia and stuff for the Kiss Hello goes, I do have some other stuff. So, although the Kiss Hello was the 102nd episode to air, the cast and crew of the series credit this as the 100th episode because it was the 100th episode created and the cast and crew were all given commemorative 100th jackets at the table read for the episode and i hope they got the same graphic designer that made the best of 100th episode vhs tape design oh my to make god their jackets. i hope so just the worst still photo of jerry during his stand-up like mid blink mid mid word oh my god <laughs> stitched onto some cheap leather jacket <laughs> And, and so it's kind of like how this is our 100th episode spectacular and it's going to be like every other episode. The the Kiss Hello was their technically 100th episode and there was no fanfare for it because they had already done it a couple episodes earlier. Yeah, we we just decided to do our uh, 100th episode with highlights of 100, I think, right? A couple of weeks ago. We we, we combined that into our, our early two-year anniversary. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And even that was our shortest episode to date. <laughs> it was. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it's a birthday present to the listener. You don't have to listen to us for that long today. R- really was. It really was. Um, Mar- uh, you recognize Joan from Jerry's Building. Uh, Mary Shear is her name, and she is best known for her recurring roles as Marissa Benson on the Nickelodeon sitcom iCarly. Yes. And that's where you recognized her from. But guess what? She's had a long and illustrious career, Ted, because while you have outgrown the Disney Channel... <laughs> They are still cranking out that new content. And she was on the Disney Channel series Bunked as Gladys oh. during season one and two of Bunked. <laughs> is, uh, is Bunked still in the Schneiderverse? Uh, 
Is it what? Is Bunked still in the Schneiderverse, the Dan Schneider Productions, who, <laughs> ma- who made like iCarly and Drake and Josh oh. and the Amanda Show and and all all of the, all that. Uh, I don't know who did Bunked. Okay, uh, Dan Schneider's a creep, uh, but he I think he's still making stuff for Nickelodeon. May- maybe not. I don't know. Yeah. I, I just I watched a ton of thank goodness that my kids are too young for bunked because I really cannot stand it, especially <laughs> as somebody who grew up with Salute Your Shorts, which is the superior television show about a summer camp. So you, you did um, watch it? But, you, you did watch a few clips of it then? Well, you know, like a, a couple years ago, we went to the beach with some friends who had older kids and they had bunked like on repeat. I think it was on <laughs> Netflix or something at the time. And maybe it even still is. But they just like would not turn it off and i saw so much bunked and i hated every second of it um but but i'm sure i saw mary sheer because uh, these were early episodes of bunked that makes me think of like uh bubble guppies and paw patrol with my nephews my god Mm. i i i shouldn't know nearly as much about paw patrol as i do and i know know uh, i know you've got some some strong feelings about the paw patrol as well (laughs) <laughs> yeah, Colleen was really into Paw Patrol, but Declan not so much. He's really into Muppet Babies now, which is like it's not even you know like Muppet Babies, the classic version that again I grew up with. Like they rebooted it as like a computer generated, yeah. like a CGI uh, Muppet Babies. Is it the new one on HBO Max? Is it the new one? No, it's on Disney Plus. Okay, um, so I think it's a Disney Channel production. Oh, you know what I'm thinking of? I'm thinking of like the Sesame Street late night show for adults on HBO Max. Yeah. Yeah, that that does look pretty good. Yeah, Elmo hosts it or something like that. Mm-hmm. But um, Mary's involvement uh, with Nickelodeon doesn't stop with iCarly, though. She also voiced Alice the Zookeeper on the Penguins of Madagascar. Wait. And oh, okay. get this, she was also she was also part of the original cast of Mad TV. You know, I think I remember her from being on Mad TV. Oh my god. Okay. Yeah, evidently she had like a million um uh, impressions. Like she huh. any female she could pretty much do from what I was reading. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Uh I I'm guessing with uh with Will Sasso and Michael McDonald and uh Phil Phil Lamar? Oh yeah. Yeah, probably. Jeez. Yeah, whoever was in that first cast. Yeah. And let me see what else did I have? Oh, um so I we were talking about uh, Richard Dawson, and I said that I really like. This was the first ancient reference that Jerry makes when he says he's like Richard Dawson down in the lobby because he's got to give everybody the kiss hello. Um, and I was like, Richard Dawson was probably dead for years by the time Jerry made that reference, just like everybody he references. But uh, Richard Dawson was very much alive and well in 1995. He didn't actually die until 2012. Whoa, okay. Uh, and and actually. Kissing is part of his Wikipedia page. He was so well known for it. One of Dawson's trademarks on Family Feud was kissing the female contestants, and it earned him the nickname "the Kissing Bandit." Oh my god! Uh, which even makes it sound, which even makes it sound illegal. You know, like Bandit is somebody who like <laughs> takes something that's not his. You know, like we're already saying like, oh, I don't consent to you to take that from me. Oh, too bad. I'm the Kissing Bandit. You know? <laughs> oh my god! I'm going yeah. to steal that kiss. I'm going to yeah. steal that kiss uh, away from you. Here I go. <laughs> <laughs> but here's something surprising even back in the initial run of family feud gosh whenever it was, i don't even remember when it was i should have written that down but television executives repeatedly tried to get him to stop the kissing and after receiving the criticism for the practice he asked viewers to write in and vote on the matter the male response resulted in about two hundred thousand letters and the vast majority 
were in favor of the kissing. Wow. And so on the okay. 19 <laughs> yeah. On the 1985 finale of Family Feud, he explained <laughs> that he kissed contestants for love and luck, something that his mom did with him as a child. Um, which is again another something another thing I feel like sexual predators do. They try to make it you know, like, oh, um, this is just the way my, you know, my family, we grew up and we were very touchy-feely and, yeah. we, you know, we, we showed our love this way and it's like, no, still, still creepy, <laughs> still, man. Still, you can't, still not you okay. Can't make it not creepy. You know, j- just for equal time. I mean, I feel like, I feel like Biden tries to like pass off his stuff as like, as that kind of, of thing. Yeah. You know? It's like, oh, oh this well, is just, I'm, what do you mean? I'm just an old man. This is just what I do. Yeah. You know, uh, you're the one sexualizing it. Yeah. <laughs> Good Lord. Uh, um, but so um, on 12th of September, 1994, Richard Dawson returned to Family Feud, replacing and succeeding Ray Combs, who was that little guy I was trying to think of, who I thought was hilarious. But evidently, hmm. uh, the show's ratings were in decline. And so Dawson came back, finished out what became the final season of Family Feud's official second run, which ran from 88 to 95. And during the revival, he did not kiss the female contestants because of a promise he made to his young daughter to only kiss his daughter's mother. Wow. Who I guess was his wife at the time. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm guessing so, but that's uh, that's actually uh, an honorable thing to do, I, I think. Yeah, yeah. And, and a nice way out of it, even if it's not true. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> Absolutely. It, it's a very good excuse that the executives of, of whatever channel Family Feud was on uh, gave to him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Here's what you're going to say. You can come back. Here's the money. But here's what you're going to say. Here's what you're going to say, and here's why you're not going to kiss any more people, Dawson. Yeah, come on. It's it's the mid nineties. <laughs> you know that's interesting that that you know Jerry was now I, I just made the connection that Jerry referenced Richard Dawson and he was back on TV hosting Family Feud, but not kissing anybody by the time he said that. So it's it's pretty interesting. He was he was back on TV in ninety five. And he had when been Jerry back. You said this. His second run went from what eighty eight to ninety five. So he had been back Actually, on TV. He just hosted the last one. He just hosted from ninety four to ninety five. The last season of the revival. Oh, okay, okay. I, I was gonna yeah, say. Yeah. Uh, still, I was gonna say. Had he been on TV for seven years, not kissing anybody at this point? <laughs> <laughs> no, no way. He couldn't do that because <laughs> that that would very much so play into Jerry's being behind on everything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and I think that's all I have for last week's episode. All right. Uh, did we have any like newsworthy bits or anything? The only thing I have is that I, I celebrated a birthday. Uh, I guess it's two weeks ago or whenever when, whenever this comes out. I, I don't know. It was July 1st. But I, my, my wife got me a gift, and I haven't tweeted the picture out yet, but she got me a spoon that says, no soup for you. And, of course, <laughs> we haven't gotten to the soup nazi episode yeah we won't for quite a while but um it's one of the references you already knew from the show before we started right ted Mm -hmm. yeah and i yeah i literally don't know any context about it but i i know the (laughs) quote and that's it it's like knowing the punchline to a joke but not knowing the setup yeah Uh, so i'll tweet out a picture of that maybe i already have it's it's like so i found my underwear in the alligator enclosure I, I don't i don't know what what yeah 
<laughs> yeah, it's like when we were talking about watching only the best of clip shows from yeah, exactly. sitcoms and that being our new podcast and just being clueless the whole time. Which I think I mentioned wow. that being uh, the epi- the podcast that we become. I think I did that twice. Oh, really? Yeah, one week I mentioned... Well, that must uh, be a good idea. W- one week I mentioned that we were going to become a... A clip show review podcast and the next week i mentioned that we are going to become a vhs best of podcast <laughs> so that they're they're kind of different but they're very kind very similar <laughs> yeah yeah basically just um you know time frame you know our, our <laughs> the vhs show would only cover episode like stuff that came out you know up until the mid 90s absolutely or or, yeah i would say so yeah <laughs> It wouldn't be it wouldn't be an episode of No Hugging No Learning if even under a time crunch we didn't have a 19 minute intro. So <laughs> <laughs> if you've never listened to us before, we are not a research heavy show uh, th- that gets further and further from the truth every single week. Uh, we we <laughs> like to uh, have questions pop up naturally and assign them to ourselves the following week as though we are giving ourselves homework. Uh, if we miss anything, if we egregiously skip over anything, please send us an email or send us a tweet at No Hugging or No Hugging No Learning show at gmail.com both of those links are in the description or in the show description page on apple podcasts um if you like what you hear please give us a five-star rating and a written review on apple podcasts and we will send you a no hugging no learning sticker free of charge we just ask that you send us your mailing address to either our twitter or our email if you want to leave a review anywhere else other than apple podcasts just send us a screenshot no big deal That being said, Season 6, Episode 17, The Doorman, original air date, February 23rd, 1995. Uh, I was two years, two months, and three days old. And if you count this episode and every other episode we have left, we have 73 episodes before we become a... I don't know. What what do we become this week? Bunked? (laughs) We have 73 episodes before we become a bunked (laughs) podcast. Oh God! I quit. Uh, do- Why did I even suggest it? Oh, okay, well, I'll, I'll tell you. We, we can be, we can become a Schneiderverse podcast. How's that? Okay. We, we 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 cover a different episode of a Dan Schneider show every week, and then at the beginning of the show, we just open up and talk about how much Dan Schneider loves feet. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> oh man! Is he a Tarantino fan? Uh, Must be. I, I I don't know, but he's it. It's it's a weird weird scenario. So anyway, <laughs> uh, if you're looking at TV Guide the night of February 23rd, you are going to see Jerry rebels at an intimate gesture as Kramer attempts to make their building more friendly. I feel like this is like a typo or a misplaced description. Yes, because it works so much better for the kiss hello, and but the kiss hello had a accurate description as well. It if, did. if that was screwed up, and these were. <laughs> Again, if you uh, we are watching these episodes on Hulu. If you want to go see the description of the doorman on Hulu, it is a description for the kiss hello. Look look for yourself, seriously. So I Yeah, it, I have, it doesn't matter what app you're using or what. Like it it was the same on the smart TV that I use sometimes and and my computer yeah. is the same everywhere. Yeah, uh it, I have no doubt that we'll be able to make a better description though. We have to. <laughs> Other than a completely misplaced one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we open up with a stand-up bit as usual, and this is uh, already, th- there's going to be a ton of information at the beginning of this episode, and I feel like we're going to run through it pretty quick. There's there's so much action in this episode. It's not very dialogue heavy. Yeah, um, absolutely. But we start with a stand-up bit as usual, and Jerry mentions the doorman strike. You know how we just had a doorman strike? <laughs> and keep in mind when Jerry says, 
we just had. It could be anything from 70 years ago to, uh, you know, recently. In this case, he means four years ago. 1991 was the doorman strike. So I had to look this up right away because I know that, you know, I, I was like, well, we, we need some context for this, I guess. Not not really, but because they mentioned it, I was like, I, I don't want to leave this for next week. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And so in 1991, the doorman union, as Jerry mentions, the doorman uh, joined a kind of a service union of like the same one that like janitors and porters and, and people like that mm. are members of in New York City. The doormen uh, have been members of that, I think, for a long time. And so in 91, the union walked off the job for 12 days, leaving residents to... Now, Jerry, uh, it seems to indicate, he seems to have a hatred for doormen. And I th- think this episode that he definitely had a part in writing, as he did all of them, really um, speaks to that. You know, really demonstrates his hatred for doormen. He considers them only like, uh, basically on the same level as homeless people who clean windshields at at stoplights for spare change <laughs> yeah i mean like one <laughs> I, I i wouldn't say that doormen are a- absolutely like necessary but it's almost like the, the same level as the the bathroom attendant you know it's not it's not necessary yes. but it's a welcome service it, it makes you feel important it, it makes the establishment you're going into seem uh like like much classier yeah, and it's asked for, and and even as something above the you know homeless window washers or bathroom attendants, like if you move into a building that has a doorman, you're paying for their services, mm-hmm. like you're paying for that extra mile that they go. And so you know, I was just reading some old articles about this, uh, and they they almost uh, had another strike in '06 and 2010, but they avoided that. But in '91, that was the last time they had they actually walked off the job, and then meant residents had to walk their own pets or water their plants or sort the mail or hail cabs or sign for packages that came to the lobby. You know, there was no (laughs) one to do that. And so that's just, you know, some of the things that that the doorman does, just like that this this uh, article referenced that also, you know, I mean, like you're saying, you're you're paying for that Mm -hmm. service of having a concierge or something. The doorman would walk pets, too. Apparently. Oh, my gosh. Jeez. Yeah. In 91, they walked off the job because, uh, you know, over wages, obviously, it always is. And um, but in on April 21st of 91, they were making four hundred and sixty two dollars a week under that contract when the strike began. And they lobbied for, uh, let me see, like basically 16 to 20 dollars per year raise every year of this three year contract. So by the end, they would be making, hmm, I don't know, geez, that's like a. I don't know, 60 bucks more. So hmm. 520 bucks, give or take, a week um, by the end of the third year. So, uh, you know, not totally lucrative. No. Especially since, you know, the doormen were like, look at what they're paying for real estate. They can't pay us more, you know? Yeah, so, absolutely. Um, that's why they walked. Especially because, as we but, see later on in this episode, the, the doorman doesn't live too far from, from like, the like classy building that Mr. Pitt is living in. So he's going to be paying a, a, a good chunk of change for that place, I would imagine. Yeah, totally, totally. But but Jerry Seinfeld thinks the world would be a better place if, you know, Thanos snapped and all doormen disappeared. <laughs> <laughs> he thinks we'll get along just fine. <laughs> we open the episode as Jerry walks into a building and he's stopped by the doorman who is... Did you recognize this guy? Okay, I recognize him. I don't know his name, though. I don't know what he's in, but he looks very familiar. It, it, is it... Is it so, Norm? Is it Norm McDonald? No, this okay. is Larry Miller. <laughs> Larry Miller. I was gonna say he's got yeah. a very Norm McDonald esque like deadpan delivery, but he he oh totally yeah. Uh, uh, this scene and his next scene uh, for sure make me think very much 
of the janitor in Scrubs. Yeah, yeah, I could totally hear. I could totally see that. Um, and you know what? In fact, I thought later on, as long as you brought him, I thought the FedEx guy was the janitor from Scrubs for a second. <laughs> like I had to go back and rewind it. I was like, wait a second, but it wasn't. But I was like, oh my gosh, it really looked like him. So it's weird that you bring that up. Um, but Larry Miller has just been in literally everything. Like I, I was going through his uh, filmography, and I was like, I can't even write anything down because he's just. If you think of something, he's probably been in it. Like he's just one of those guys. I bet you know what, Ted? We're gonna have to look next week for a disney show i guarantee oh he's been in at least three or four disney shows i can guarantee because it. he's just he's just a stand-up comic he's you know he's uh, countless uh, you know episodes of the tonight show and letterman um he was on i think we both have a love for this show i seem to remember boston common with anthony um you know the guy from yes dear yes dear always comes up and anthony clark that's his uh, name right okay uh I've, I've actually never seen boston common you've seen it i've seen oh, okay. yes dear yeah I just know Anthony Clark. I think that's his name. He always comes up, and and Boston Common was the first time I saw him. But Larry Miller was on that. He was on Just Shoot Me. He was on Mad About You. And here's something interesting. Uh, Larry Miller actually auditioned for the part of George because he and Jerry Seinfeld have been friends forever because they kind of came up in the stand-up world together. And so Larry Miller could have been George. And in another interesting uh, weaving through the Seinfeld universe, he was in Pretty Woman. He plays a, um, a shop owner or something like that in Pretty Woman. And, of course, Jason Alexander was in Pretty Woman as well. Oh, my God. I'm looking at his IMDb right now. And I I just remembered (laughs) that there is a movie in my queue on Hulu uh, that he is in. He plays uh, the role of Ed Barr in The Man Who Killed Hitler and Then the Bigfoot. (laughs) I will take your word. (laughs) He's in one episode of the Disney show Shake It Up. That starred uh, <laughs> Bella Thorne and Zendaya before, like either of them really blew up. Wow. And Tim, I want you to take one guess as to what the character name that Larry Miller played was in the Disney show Shake It Up. Something Dalrymple? Nope. Oh man, it, I was I was it, about to. It's very just scream. Cre- it's very creative. <laughs> oh, uh, Shake It Up, um, Shaker. No. It's Larry Diller. Larry Diller. Larry Diller. Larry Miller played Larry Diller. Oh, my God. I was like, wait, why is that creative? Oh, you were being sarcastic. <laughs> Look, I, it was, I, I was I, like I, trying to think. It was like, shake, Diller, shake it up. I don't know the connection. <laughs> I know we're not in the same room, but I'm trying my best to convey my sarcasm, okay? <laughs> that, was, that was totally on me. Totally on me. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, so... Jerry's walking into Pitt's building. Elaine is house-sitting for Mr. Pitt. I didn't recognize the building. I did recognize the building, but I was like, where are we? It's Pitt's building. And Elaine's house-sitting. And the doorman is insulted that Jerry doesn't want to have small talk with him, which in the doorman's mind consisted of asking Jerry if he was about to go have sex with Elaine. Yeah. Like, that's the doorman's idea of small talk. In what universe is that small talk? I I mean... That's just something you you reach out and like ask somebody that you do not know. Apparently, in Doorman yeah, universe, yeah, yeah, he was like, "You the boyfriend? You here for a quickie?" Like that's, that's and then Jerry was like, "Didn't want to talk to him." That's literally the second thing he asks is, "Are you here for a quickie?" <laughs> yeah, and then he's like, "Oh, I get it. You don't want a small talk." I'm like what? <laughs> <laughs> so there's an awkward so the, the doorman won't stop staring at jerry while he waits for the elevator which just will not come down mm-hmm. to the lobby and then the doorman's insulted that jerry thinks he's 
looking at the sports section of the newspaper and not the Wall Street section because he's just a dumb doorman. And why would he be looking at that <laughs> and, section? And uh, I know and, we're, we're, uh, we're at that spe- point, Jerry leaves. We're, we're spending way too much time on this scene, but I, I wanted to point this out to you uh, <laughs> be, because we're, we're both like uh, we, we both notice like the most minute things of like cinematography in these episodes sometimes. Did you notice that the shot over Jerry's shoulder looking on to the doorman uh, that, as he like kind of comes into focus? That was one shot split into two because it shows that shot. Then the then like the shot of him talking about the sports section and like, oh, because I, I couldn't be looking at the, the finance section or whatever. And then it goes back to the over the shoulder shot and the doorman is back to making the same face he was a second ago. There's no, maybe it's so jarring because it's a cut of like uh, looking at the doorman to looking at the doorman again, but just at a slightly different angle. But he's making a totally different face. Yeah, I did not notice that, but it's a bit of a jump cut you're saying because mm-hmm. they just interspliced that single shot of Jerry with that other interaction. Yeah, it, it's like they they filmed Jerry uh, pushing the button of the elevator, looking back <laughs> And then looking back at the elevator, and then and then they're like, "Hey, let's try out this line, you know? Let, let's add a little more tension here, and then splice that in the middle." Yeah, and and it was it looked just unnatural. I see. Mm-hmm. No, I didn't notice that. Normally, that kind of stuff sticks out. Uh, so over at uh, over on the street, George and Kramer are walking down the street, and George is talking about how his dad is still living with them because they're uh, still getting a divorce. I guess this is from back the Chinese woman episode. Like, that's how long this has been going on, right? I guess, yeah. It seems like a long time for this not to have come up already, that George's dad is living with him. But that's what's going on. And meanwhile, oh, and he he makes Kasha, which stinks up the place, which is another reference to a season five episode, uh, The Cigar Store Indian. That's when Jerry and Elaine remark that about they're trying to pinpoint the smell of George's parents' house. And Kasha is definitely part of it, uh, they mention. (laughs) In that episode, which is episode 10 of season five, uh, Kramer spots a sightseeing bus of German tourists and starts roughing up George <laughs> to like give the tourists a show, show him like a real New York City mugging so they can go home. And like he really this was so funny to me. He really gets into it. I mean, at first, he's like just sort of like got his fingers in his jack and he's like, all right, give me the money. But then he like is, is rifling through George's pockets and like grabbing him by the shirt, like he's, rough it, like really tearing him around. It's so funny. He's actually mugging George like he, he's play mugging him. But like at the end, he's actually robbing George Costanza. <laughs> yeah, he keeps calling him fat boy. Hey, you don't have anything, huh, fat boy? You better get something next time, fat boy. Or <laughs> and then the German tourists all get all get a pretty solid look at, at what's going on before before Kramer like runs off. Like they were walking somewhere together, and Kramer just you know, and he's like, "You better not say anything, fat boy, or I'll stalk you." <laughs> yeah, what? My God. <laughs> so back at Pitts, uh, Jerry and Elaine are going to go to a movie, but Jerry wants to wait in the apartment until the doorman's shift ends because he doesn't want another weird interaction with this guy. Uh, and then we cut to George's apartment. And George's dad is there. Frank is there. And he bought a record that he wants to listen to. He went uh, shopping in the village and he can't find his hi-fi, which is just a hilarious. It's like there's that's something dads do that I guess I'm going to start doing once I I mean, I've, I'm already pretty old. But once my kids start calling things by their modern name, like stereo, for instance, like my dad always called the remote control, the clicker, oh, okay. which I think is what they called him when they were new, you yeah. know? 
or he calls the refrigerator the ice box. And I was like, were really? you even, what were you alive? Were you a pioneer or something? There's no way there was actual <laughs> ice in that thing. Were, were you alive? You... In, were you alive in 1867, dad? My God. <laughs> yeah. Why do you call it the ice box? But uh, I'm sure I'm going to do something like that, you know. Um, but George gave his hi-fi, his record player, to Kramer. Uh, and they're going to go out and get something to eat. And Frank takes off his shirt. Uh, his back is to the camera and the audience. But George, uh, all of a sudden, has a disgusted shock on his face uh, at what has, what is on his dad's chest. But Kramer is intrigued. Yeah, yeah. You can tell Kramer, you know, he has that, you know, very curious... Like, I bet he was a big fan of, like, you know, the movie Freaks about Circus Freaks, you know, <laughs> like medical deformities and things like that. We know that he wanted to be in the OR audience. So that's um, true. That's yeah, true. I can I can, I, I can understand his scientific curiosity immediately in this situation. I'm surprised they haven't uh, talked about the movie Mask. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, like, I, bet, I bet Kramer loves it. Like, I feel like Kramer would be a huge Rocky Dennis aficionado. <laughs> So back at Pitt's, Pitt, Mr. Pitt calls from Scotland where he's vacationing. Jerry answers the phone, uh, much to Elaine's, you know, protest. And Pitt asks if she's having a party. Elaine, are you having a party? <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, no, we're just going to a movie. Well, Pitt needs to know what's in the mail. And <laughs> Elaine asks if it can wait. And he says it can't. And so Elaine uh, has another echo of a line that she's given before when she's asked, Mr. Pitt, if she could go somewhere, and it's that defeated, almost crying, like I can't go. And I compared it to like <laughs> when you told your friends you'd go somewhere, and then you then you asked your parents, and all of a sudden yeah. they said no, and then you're like, oh, and then it became like I can't go. My my mom said I can't go. Just go without <laughs> me. <laughs> so Jerry leaves, and there's a new doorman who has started his shift, and he just leaves with a friendly nod to the doorman who opens the door for him, and, and that's it. Just, that's the interaction that Jerry wants with the doorman. Uh, silent servitude. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Back in Pitt's apartment, Elaine is sprawled out on the floor with all the mail, just describing it to Mr. Pitt, like, oh, there's a new time, which I, I thought this was funny. He's not interested in time, but as soon as Elaine's like, oh, there's the new People magazine, then he's like, ooh, who's on the cover? <laughs> <laughs> Who was on the cover? Did, did, uh, did Elaine mention that? I don't think she did. Oh, okay. I, you could probably get a look at it if you wanted to, but I don't eh. know. I, I didn't. I didn't get a look at it. <laughs> uh, over at Monks, Jerry and Kramer and uh, and George are there, and George and Kramer are sort of like recounting what they saw, and it's that Frank has breasts, and Jerry's like, "Oh, you know, all guys, all old men kind of have that." And and Kramer's like, "No, these were real hooters," as he says. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting that like i wonder when calling some calling the man boobs became a thing because i was like they never used that in this episode but it's become so ubiquitous to describe i guess what or, or do you think that even what frank has transcend man boobs uh i don't know i i mean with Kr kramer says they're real hooters so these are real hooters i don't know yeah I mean, do you think there's, is there like actual uh, uh, hormonal imbalance that he has that isn't discussed or something? I have no idea. <laughs> but so, and, and George makes another reference here. I'm, it's like I'm in my own personal crying game. Where did that reference land on you? I had no idea what crying game was. Is it, is it a movie? 
it, it is a movie and i guess it, i don't know when it came out maybe we should do a little homework on the crying game okay um because the only reference i have for it actually i was kind of introduced to it i've never seen the movie but in a roundabout way uh have you ever seen ace ventura mm, no not all the way through I feel like I've unfrozen a caveman every time I ask you about something <laughs> from the nineties. I mean, I, I'm like, I mean, it, you just couldn't like. It's a, it's an every two years sort of thing. Two years ago it was Seinfeld. Now it's Ace Ventura. <laughs> yeah, it's just like I mean, if you if you were like ten years older, like J- Jim Carrey just like ruled our universe. You know, I mean, he was just such a you know, especially starting from Ace Ventura. It was maybe, like maybe uh, maybe that'll just, be an extra that we have to do is like watching a all the Ace Ventura movies and sequels back just to see how problematic they are now. I think there was a Saturday morning cartoon too, now that I'm thinking of it, but I might be making that up. Um, and like a sitcom. Anyway, we, we're, we're getting off track here, but so the end of that movie references the crying game as well. And as far as I know, the crying game was about a movie, a movie where a guy like it might even been like a murder mystery or something, but he, but at the end it is revealed that the woman is actually, a man i think or a man is a woman one of those things happens so um yeah that's where that's why he references that movie mm, so we'll, we'll okay. put that down for homework next time to figure out exactly what's going on there um and george starts worrying i think at jerry's sort of prodding that it might be genetic that george might develop these real hooters as well <laughs> but kramer meanwhile is brainstorming an idea for male bosom support and you know, starts like sort of noodling with that idea as, as he says, uh, and leaves. Meanwhile, a woman approaches George and goes, Hey, we're twins. And like points at her chest, like the, back and forth as if she is pointing at her breasts. This, this was great. This was, this was amazing yeah. because uh, obviously, hey, we're twins. obviously she's talking about her shirt, but the, the way it's shot and just in the context of the scene, she, it, see, it appears as though she's like gesturing to her breasts. Yeah, and yeah, God. just hilarious. And she's like, "No." And George's like, "What?" And she's like, "We're in the same shirt." He's like, "Oh, oh." <laughs> this was great, uh, Gr- great bit. Yeah, Elaine comes in and says that the doorman claims Jerry followed him after work and harassed him. Uh, oh, I totally skipped over something, didn't I? Yes, I did. Yeah, you skipped over. Um, I skipped uh, J- over Jerry harassing the doorman. Yeah, J- Jerry is. Well, it's once again the doorman harassing Jerry because mm. Jerry is surprised by the doorman on the street after leaving Elaine's, and he's like, "Oh, what, you know what? You got another job as a you, you're a doorman for this building too." He's like, "Oh yeah, I guess the poor doorman needs two jobs to afford a nice, you know, to put food on the table." <laughs> no, I live here too, and well, you know he's he's, he's, just, he's you know, like jerking I, Jerry around. He's more. like, "I live here too. Is that okay?" Yeah, yeah. And Jerry's like, you know what? I don't have to talk to you. So he just walks off. And that's when the, the doorman yells, you think you're better than me, don't you? <laughs> uh, yeah. And so later on in Monks, when Elaine comes in, she the doorman claims that Jerry followed him and harassed him, which is the opposite. And so Elaine's like, are we going to go to the movie tonight? And Jerry's like, only if we can avoid the doorman uh, and you know go to a later movie after the doorman leaves his shift because I don't want to deal with him anymore. At this point, George is looking down his shirt and like jiggling <laughs> his chest to see if he can notice anything. And I-, I thought Jerry's line was pretty cheesy here because Elaine's like, "What's with him?" And Jerry's like, oh, "He's trying to get something off his chest or something like that." I was <laughs> see, like, that, I, 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 "That's a I, groaner." I like that line. I, I thought it was funny. <laughs> and. Um, George at this point is like, all right, I, you know, I got to talk my mom into taking my dad back. 
uh, just to get him out of the house and stop thinking about, about this. Uh, back at Pitts, Jerry shows up to get Elaine, and the doorman has switched shift. And so it's Lord Larry Miller uh, who says that we look out for each other in our world, unlike your world, where it's all about backstabbing and things like that. <laughs> and Jerry tries to reconcile and, and, and make amends. He's like, you know, I, I just want to be friends. And at this point, the doorman's like, all right, well, I'll tell you what, watch the door for a couple minutes. And like shoves him into doing the job so he can go out and get a beer, he says. And Jerry... I think he like it all happened so quickly. Jerry finds himself in this job and he's like, well, I'm not going to do that. But like he snaps into working immediately, which I thought was <laughs> hilarious and starts like, you know, yelling at people who are coming in to see if they live here and opening the door for a woman. And and he stops a guy, you know, at the door. He's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You live here. And he's like, yes, I've lived here for 20 years. And he's like, and if you don't let me through, I'll call the police. And so <laughs> the guy listen by and Jerry's like, yeah, you think you're better than me, don't you? Or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Like he also immediately takes on the insecurities of the doorman you, you know so, something that you definitely should call the police for is your doorman <laughs> not letting you in the building this is how people get shot <laughs> yeah yeah totally uh yeah i guess old white people calling the cops for no reason in new york city has just <laughs> always been it's name, just always been na- a thing name a more iconic duo than uh white people <laughs> calling the cops at the m- most minor inconvenience <laughs> I'll wait. So on the bus, George is is riding the bus and he feels uh, as the bus, you know, makes its way through the New York City streets, some jiggling and he like covers up his shirt because he (laughs) feels the jiggling Uh, back at Pitts. Jerry signs for a package and he is insulted that the uh, delivery guy asks about the Knicks (laughs) since Jerry was looking at the newspaper and so again like i said he's always he's already taking on the insecurities and the personality of of this doorman and it's at that point that he ditches the post he's like whatever yeah i'm i'm going upstairs uh over at uh, george's kramer comes in with the record player and then introduces frank to a prototype that he's been working on for what he calls the bro which is a (laughs) male chest support system George is riding with his mom in the car and he starts asking about his grandmother because uh, he's still thinking about how, you know, the baldness gene came, you know, skips a generation and comes from your grandparents. And and I think and Jerry just making a joke is like, oh, maybe the um, what did he say? Anyway, maybe this gene comes from your grandmother, which makes which is just a joke and has no scientific basis. But George <laughs> starts asking about his grandmother. <laughs> yeah. Like what uh, and, was she? Was she a big woman? And. And Estelle's like, no, she was only like about as tall as me. And yeah. J- what did George say? He's like, was she bosomy? <laughs> yeah, was she bosomy? And at that point, Estelle is like, you, you, you've never asked about your grandmother before, and now you want to know if she was bosomy? <laughs> <laughs> oh, good lord. <laughs> Over at Pitts, Jerry and Elaine are on the elevator down to the lobby. And when they get out into the lobby, uh, the policeman's there. And a bunch of other people are gathered around because someone stole the couch and the doorman was nowhere to be found. And Jerry and Elaine split (laughs) before uh, anybody can, uh, you know, ask them anything over at George's Kramer and Frank are listening to the cha-cha record that um, Frank bought earlier and trying on the bro. And it's at that moment that George and Estelle walk in and Estelle uh, emits a shocked, Oh my God. And this is the second time in a row that George has walked in on something that he didn't want to see after walking with Kramer. 
Because remember, he just walked in on Kramer kissing Jerry in the previous episode, and now he's walked in on That's Kramer right. putting a bra on his dad. Oh my god! <laughs> um, okay, did you did you recognize the the song that they were doing the cha cha to at all? No, because no. I I didn't even recognize this, but apparently it is the song that was sampled by Sean Mendez and Camila Cabello for Senorita. What? It is the exact same song. How do you know that? Just by ear? Just by ear. Because it's a, it's a more like... I didn't know they sampled it, anything. It's a more like up-tempo. Oh my gosh. Wow, I had, I had no idea. <laughs> You've got to go back and listen to it. But listen to, I, yeah. listen to it thinking of Senorita. Yeah, I will definitely do that, and, and maybe we can uh, even figure out if this was, uh, you know, if it's a, if it's a real song or if it's just something written for this sh- this particular episode or something. Because every so like uh, like the big band songs from a couple of weeks ago, <laughs> or, yeah, from I was like, oh, I had no idea those weren't real songs. They were oh, just written for the show. Oh, you so. mean from WFBB, W fucking big band? Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> um, so I'm going to write down the cha-cha for next week, too. Sweet. Okay. <laughs> over in Jerry's apartment, Jerry and Elaine are just panicking over the situation and whether or not the doorman set them up for Jerry to watch the thing and so that he could steal the couch later. And Elaine is uh, like, all right, we got to get our story straight. And she starts talking like a hard-boiled detective in like a noir movie, like, you know, even to the point telling Jerry, like, yeah. hey, all right, fix me a drink and, and stuff like that. <laughs> like, she's... <laughs> she's and, really talking like that and this is so weird like we're over halfway into the episode this is the first time we're in jerry's apartment i thought that was weird too <laughs> i was like whoa yeah totally and it's it's like pretty much the last time we'll see it right yeah i think so <laughs> yeah weird really weird over at george's frank loves the bro and you know he's he's his posture is better the, the support feels great his back feels better and he knows somebody in the bra business you might remember sid farkas um who we met in the sniffing accountant when george got an interview there back when he was unemployed in season five episode four and so they're going to bring the bro to sid farkas except frank is not a big fan of the name of the name the bro because it's quote too ethnic <laughs> oh boy that didn't hold up well, did it? Nope. <laughs> it's just so funny how it doesn't hold up because it's just funny to think in 95 that like bro and brother, I guess by extension, were still like seen as black terms or something like that because I bro guess, is like yeah. <laughs> just become so it's just everywhere now, you know? Mm hmm. It's just weird that it was that it was thought of as and and Frank is an older person as well, so even that generational difference added to it, I'm sure. But it's just it's just really weird, bro. Too ethnic, uh, and he suggests the Manzir, and George comes in at that point, and he's like, "Well, we you scared her off. We may never see Ma again." Um, and he asks him which one he likes better, the bro or the Manzir, and. Uh, George says, Dad, we need to talk. <laughs> what was he talking about at this point? I don't know. I, I don't know, like, what, what is he, what is he going to say? Yeah, I didn't know what the conversation was going to be about. I was like, am I supposed to know what he's so <laughs> kind of broken up about here? Like, are, are we, are we being led into something? I, I, I yeah, I, I was clueless. <laughs> yeah, and I don't think it ever pays off. <laughs> 
over at Pitts, the doorman is talking to a woman, I guess, from the building. I don't think she's a, an, a, an authority in any way, except that, you know, she's trying to figure out what happened to the couch. And the doorman is saying that he had to go to the bathroom. So he asked some guy to watch the door for him. And that's when the couch uh, disappeared just after just for a few minutes, he says. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Elaine, you know, he's like, oh, and as a matter of fact, it was her friend. And Elaine tries lying that, you know, the story that they agreed to was that Jerry walked in and didn't say a word to the doorman because no one's going to believe a doorman. And to this woman, Elaine tries lying, saying that, oh, well, the doorman has a, uh, you know, a wild imagination if he thinks that's what happened. But Jerry signed for a package at the time the couch was reported missing. And so Elaine and Jerry are busted. Uh, but busted, busted yeah. by the package. <laughs> Wait. Yeah, which I thought was a pretty fun busted by the package. <laughs> which I thought was a pretty fun detail. Like, it felt like a whodunit at that point, you know? Like, because I had forgotten that detail. I was like, oh, they're going to get away with it. And then the package signing, I'm like, I do agree with Jerry. Like, it's diabolical. Man. Yeah, but uh, if, if, over- if Jerry hadn't signed that package, it, they, they would have gotten away with it. You're right. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, it's like something out of an Agatha Christie novel or something. <laughs> but over at Monks, uh, Elaine and Jerry are still suspect that they were being set up because of this whole, you know, the the doorman's like covered all of his bases. And um, Jerry's like, I bet he's laughing with all of his doorman buddies right now. And there's a cutaway to the doorman laughing at setting up Jerry and didn't even want the couch, <laughs> just wanted to mess with him. <laughs> Which, Stuff like that. I don't know if you uh, caught yeah. uh, his name tag in this scene. I didn't see his name tag at any other scene, but... In Jerry's imagination of the doorman, his name is Sal. Okay, I saw his name. I think um, the I, I only noticed the name tag. I didn't notice it in this scene, but I did notice it in the scene when Jerry has to watch the door, when he gets Jerry to watch the door. Mm, yeah, okay. so I think that is his name. Yeah, Sal the doorman. Uh, it's not Diller or anything. <laughs> it's not Biller or <laughs> L- 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 like Larry Killer. Larry Killer. <gasps> oh, my God. He is diabolical. <laughs> but Jerry and Elaine have to replace the couch because they are evidently responsible, which I think is total bullshit. We might as well talk about it at this point. Like, Jerry's not in the wrong here, right? No, absolutely not. Yeah, he didn't. He could have left after like a second or two. Like, what? Screw you. If you want to shirk off on the job and, and go get a beer, I'm I'm not going to. You can't just tell. And I can't believe people in the building agreed with him. Like, oh, yes, he's allowed to tell anybody he wants to do his job that we're paying him for, and then that person is responsible for what happens in the building. This, this is such <laughs> bullshit. And I know it's just for the story, but it is. Yeah, like, if I if I were to, like, post something on one of our station, like, uh, Facebook pages, and I, like, misspelled something, I don't get to, like, shrug that blame off because there's other people that are admins on the Facebook page that could have edited the post. No, that, that blame's on me because I posted it because mm-hmm. it was my job to post it. Yeah, or if you gave the login to somebody who was like going to go to a concert, and you're like, "Hey, can you post something from that show?" Um, you know, on our socials, and you gave them the <laughs> password, and then something inappropriate ended up on there. That's back on you. It's not on the person who posted it. You know, we'll see. I would put that on the person who posted it. I guess I don't know. Well, you could, but your boss isn't going uh, to. Yeah, that's true. Unless, <laughs> unless they know, like, hey, everything this weekend is not me. And and maybe oh, like sure, yeah, I, but that, I, I wouldn't do that for like someone who isn't employed though. Yeah, like someone you just met 
the day before. <laughs> yeah, like like somebody <laughs> no? like I barely know, uh, like somebody who is going to the show. I'm like, oh, you're going to the show. W- would you mind like doing me a favor for like our radio station Instagram account? Could you like <laughs> could you post a couple of stories? And then lo and behold, a couple hours later, they're in the dressing room with the artist, like doing a bunch of drugs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't think that would fly. Like, no, but, probably but this not. building must just have a policy where the doorman can leave anybody in charge, and like it's like deputizing somebody in the old west. Like, ah, you're a deputy now. Let's join my posse. You know, we we really got off on, got off on a tangent there. Yeah, yeah. The the situation got away from us, but the metaphor <laughs> still stands. I think. I think people got our point. <laughs> um, but so G- George is like, well, you know what? Take the couch that you gave to me. The one that Poppy peed on, you might remember a long time ago, the poppy stain, the pee stain couch, because then dad won't have anywhere to sleep and Frank will have to move out. It'll solve everybody's problems. <laughs> and so over at um, Farkas's, Sid Farkas's office, he likes the idea of the bro. And in fact, he could use some support himself uh, because whenever he wears Banlon, he does. He feels a little jiggled. Do you know what Banlon is? No, I, I'm I, we can look it up. I'm assuming it's like Under Armour. Because he said, like, when he's... Yeah, or, like, th- spandex or something? Yeah, like, either spandex or, or Under Armour or, or something something tight. Because Frank says, I wouldn't be caught dead wearing band lawn. Yeah, well, we'll have to look that up uh, next week. Uh, and they talk about how there's a, you know, what do you imagine in the back? Some hooks. And, and they <laughs> say, no, Velcro back. You know, so if you're getting intimate with a woman, as Kramer says, they won't struggle with it. And everybody has a nice long laugh about that. Yeah, yeah. Cause Kramer, um, Kramer's, and I don't know why. Kramer's like, well, Kramer's like, I think we've all experienced that. <laughs> and then everyone, yeah. everyone dies. It, everyone dies. It's literally yeah. the embodiment of the wheeze meme. Uh, but I, but then I like so but then Sid Fargus even like in his laughter he's like <laughs> uh, summer nights <laughs> what yeah but surely they surely they have to acknowledge that women would be able to figure out the hooks because they <laughs> deal with them on a daily basis <laughs> right <laughs> I I guess I don't know I, I mean I I've never seen yeah. I've never seen a better like uh, self own on three people <laughs> than everyone laughing about how they all suck at taking off a bra <laughs> yeah and how women are gonna have the same problem as they are like what what we we we're uh, all stupid and we can't get a bra off so naturally women who do it every single day will have the same issue yeah that's what it seemed like i was like i don't it doesn't seem like they were laughing at the fact that like oh we got to make it velcro you know so that women don't struggle with it like that's funny because they do deal with it so they wouldn't struggle with it but that's not the way they were laughing at it i didn't feel like no but so sid says he's going to take the idea up to mr de grandmont who uh we met his we've met his daughter we've still never met the mr de grandmont as far as i know but um we met uh the daughter when george tried the move about taking fuzz off of her shoulder back at the elevators when he was interviewing <laughs> at the bra company and he in the meantime he you know tells frank he's sorry about the divorce but he asks if he can ask out estelle and this enrages frank who calls off the deal and storms out of sid's office over at george's he is breaking the news to his dad about the couch and kramer breaks the news about the fact that poppy peed on the couch a long time ago something that never came up before i guess because he didn't know frank was sleeping on the couch uh, I guess, you know, he mentions that there was a pea stained couch and Frank is even, you know, angry at that as well, that he was sleeping on a pea stained couch, even though the cushion was flipped over <laughs> and Estelle comes to get Frank. 
um, and mentions, you know, wants asks him if he's having another transvestite party. <laughs> Yikes! Another thing that has uh, not aged well. Yeah, and then you know says, uh, and then compares Frank to J. Edgar Hoover, who uh, you know ran the FBI for a long time, but is even more famous maybe these days for, I guess, being a crossdresser. I've never really known. Oh, really? what That was all about, but there's, yeah. Okay, I was wondering where this was going. I, I had no idea. Yeah, maybe we'll put that down for next week too, because I've never understood it um, myself. But I've only just grown up with '90s movies that made like I think there's one in the Naked Gun about J, uh, uh, you know, with J. Edgar Hoover and like a cross-dressing joke. Um, so mm, we'll we'll right. try to figure that out next week as well. Um, and Estelle can't go to dinner with Frank tonight, even though Frank is coming home because she's going out to dinner with somebody else, a date with Sid Farkas Ooh. and George. <laughs> And Frank says, you're not going to go out with a bra salesman. And Estelle has a pretty good burn here. He only sells them. He doesn't wear them. (laughs) Jesus. And Frank, at that point, is not going home and sits down and says, you know, and George is like, well, you don't have anywhere to sleep. And he says, we'll figure something out. Uh, outside of on the street, we see we get a good shot of their street set with the Froyo's place, uh, stationers and the wine and liquor store that we see all the time. And the sightseeing bus runs back through and spots Kramer and they all get out and run after him in a very cinematic. Was this a parody of something? It had to have been. Right? I, I don't know if it was or not, but I, I agree. It was very, very cinematic. The the, the shot style was entirely different. Yeah. Yeah. And it seemed like it was parodying something, but I had no reference for it. So maybe we'll have to look that up, too. Um, Hopefully it'll be. Yeah. Hopefully it'll be somewhere on like IMDb because I don't know how I would. uh, There's no way to search for it. Like old woman running after man holding suitcase (laughs) parody. (laughs) God. Yeah. I I mean, you you could even just search like is the. Is the uh, scene in the Doorman episode of Seinfeld where the Germans chase down Kramer? Is it a parody? I I don't even know. A that's parody. A, that that's a very that's yeah. a very long Google search. Yeah, it might be a Reddit post. I might have to ask the Seinfeld subreddit on this one. Do it. Yeah, might I might have to put one up they, there and see because it, it just seemed maybe like it, every time they parody something it. it it has to do with something that's already been referenced in the episode. I'm like, is it a crying game parody by chance? Hmm. I know that neither of us can answer that question, but it's just a hypothesis. Maybe. I, I know I know the Seinfeld subreddit likes you a lot more than they like me, so they they'll they'll, <laughs> they'll probably like your your post up there. We'll see. Well, maybe I'll get an answer to that. So they, they stop Kramer uh, and say, you know, and accuse him of stealing that thing he's holding, which is the uh, record player. But he introduces them. They, they see the bro hanging out of his pocket and he introduces them to the bro. And one of the old men really likes it. And they, uh, some of the younger guys are sort of poking fun that it solves his problem. And uh, so I guess they just kind of that's where that scene pretty much ends. Yeah, I, I tried um, to look up like what they were saying. And because Hulu's caption just says laughter. And uh, Seinfeld scripts has like indistinct German for for most of it, <laughs> but then uh, the the translated part just says like something is like oh no problem huh, and then the the one guy as he's holding up the bro says East good yeah so it it it's good ah. yeah so I, I I don't know what they were saying other than that yeah I thought I heard Kleiner problem which would be a you know something about solving your little problem oh that'll solve your little problem or something K- like that K- Klein Klein problem is no problem. Oh, interesting. I thought it was a little problem. Did you take German? No, Google. 
Oh, okay, got it, got it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so over at Pitts, Jerry and Elaine are dropping off the couch, and here's where this episode, I was like, all right, like Poppy coincidentally gets off the elevator right at this moment. I'm like, I know we got to wrap up. I know I have a lot of complaints about the story in this episode. <laughs> I don't know whether I liked it or not, honestly, was, now that I'm now that I've been complaining about it for so long. It was a bad way to end the episode. Like, what why does why does Poppy need to be there? Why does Poppy need to sit down on the couch again? Uh, yeah. I feel like they could have written a better ending than Poppy gets off the elevator and he talks about how he can't get aggravated anymore. The last time he was was when Elaine started an abortion argument in the restaurant and Elaine's there and he starts freaking out again and he says he got I got to sit down on the couch and they yell no Poppy and it freezes and that's the end of the episode. It was bad. It was very bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and and I mean yeah, now I don't know whether it was you know I was watching this in the in the middle of the day like when I know don't normally watch it and and there was like you know kids yelling in the background and stuff like <laughs> that and I was kind of distracted and I was like is this I was like I don't know if this is a good episode or not and I, you know I think the story falls apart immediately because I don't think Jerry's responsible for the couch and then the way it ends is also you know not great um, and I mean we do get one more scene before I you know before we start analyzing the episode as a whole. It's a George's. George and Frank are now sharing George's tiny little bed. George's dad is eating kasha, and George turns off his light to go to sleep, at which point Frank turns on his bedside light to stay up and eat kasha in silence, and George puts the pillow over his face, and that's the end of the episode proper. So what, what's your reading of, of this episode? I, I did really like it until the ending. The, the ending makes it all ah. fall apart, um, but I, I think... I think Larry Miller's performance as the doorman saves it. I, I think I think it makes oh, yeah. it really. It it's not. <laughs> yeah. I don't think it's a a top five episode of the season, but I did really like it. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm thinking I, I almost want to go back and revisit it and watch it all the way through without taking any notes or anything because I did get a you know a few good laughs out of it. I remember laughing and at, at a lot of you know like two or three really good laughs, um, which is kind of all I ask for out of you know most of it's just kind of chuckling all the way through. But as long as I get two or three good laughs out of a Seinfeld episode, and and I think I got this one, you know, got that out of this one. Yeah, maybe it was okay, but it, but it it just it does suffer from just story elements. You know, yeah. like the comedy's there, but just the story is is you know it isn't so what do we have for homework next week we, we got a few things yeah yeah i have the crying game okay we'll talk uh, about that want to look up i don't know i i don't banlin yeah yeah let's look up banlin try to find out what song that is they're listening to when they're cha-cha that's right you know we may be able to shazam it because um it's There's loud no enough, I dialogue think. dialogue in that scene until the very end. Yeah, yeah. it should work. <laughs> if, uh, if J. We, Edgar Hoover will delve into his uh, p- potential cross-dressing. I'd like it if we Shazam it and it just comes up Senorita. <laughs> that would be incredible. <laughs> um, and then figure out if the German sightseeing bus thing was a parody of, of anything in particular. Okay. Yeah, I, 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 think, that, I think that is a, a good enough slew of homework, a, a good enough assignment, I guess. Uh, do you want to come oh, up with yeah. a better description? I think we have to. I'm not even. I'm not even <laughs> going to read what we had because it, it doesn't even pertain to this episode. Okay. So, so what do you think? You're right. You're right. Uh, is, can it be as simple as Jerry is harassed by a doorman? <laughs> the doorman. Jerry is harassed by a doorman. <laughs> it can be. It, it's not perfect. <laughs> I mean, you can also throw in something about... We, I mean, we, we can tackle the first half, but we can also put in something like Kramer and Frank 
make a fashion innovation or something like that. I like that. I like that. <laughs> but how would you fix the Jerry is harassed by a doorman? I think you can keep. Uh, do you just want to be Jerry is harassed? Jerry is harassed. Yeah, I like that. Jerry is harassed. Semicolon. Kramer and Frank create a fashion innovation. Nice. <laughs> yeah. We did it. Uh, right. Hulu, pay us. Okay, so what are we doing for cover art? Us. What are we doing for cover art this week? We've got uh, options that I wrote down were the Germans chasing mm-hmm. after Kramer and then him like being pinned up against the door. Uh, we've got the, the wheeze on. Uh, I think we've all <laughs> experienced that. Uh, and we've got... Uh, oh, just Estelle and George walking in on Kramer and Frank. I love that. The only thing I'd suggest is the shot of Larry Miller staring at Jerry as he waits for the elevator, just because it's oh called the doorman. God. But the first thing that sprang, the first thing that sprang to my mind was Estelle and George walking in on Kramer and Frank. So, I mean, I I do like both of those. Okay, I'll I'll see what I can make work. All right. So next week we have got season six, episode eighteen, the Jimmy. Original air date, March 16th, 1995, two weeks later after this episode. Uh, And if you're looking at TV Guide that night, you're going to see George's new basketball teammate brings him into a new business deal. Ooh, does not ring a bell. But all right, that sounds good. So is that it? That's it. All right, for No Hugging, No Learning, I'm Tim Murphy. I'm Ted Hollowell. Be good. Be good.